Welcome to another episode of the My College Story Podcast. I am Miranda Davis. Today's episode is another College Night Live. It is kickoff to college for our juniors. So last night we had a great night introducing and really kicking off the college process for our juniors, which will start technically in January. So those that missed out, you're okay. Um, But we wanted to make sure and share this again with our junior parents that weren't able to make it or wanted to listen back for those that were there but wanted a couple more tips and reminders of what we talked about. So throughout the night, we did show a few videos, but we have those embedded and we'll have those links in the show notes as well. And then at the end, we had a couple great questions and Brian does a great job of repeating those so everyone can hear the questions as well. So we hope you enjoy kick off to college with our juniors and here we go. Good evening, everyone. It is very good to see all the faces. Um, I made a comment to Miranda as everybody was coming in. We've got a lot of repeat offenders in this group. Um, So it's good to see some familiar faces that have gone through the process before. It's also good to see some fresh faces whose this will be their first go around. So welcome. Juniors, you guys ready? Yeah. Enthusiastic. All right. We'll see how enthusiastic they are later. At the end of it, yeah. yeah. When I told when I told my advisory it would be about 45 minutes to an hour, I got lots of moans and groans. So. Uh-huh. Um, guys, we will try to be um, uh, respectful of your time and, and get you guys in and out of here, but there is a lot of information that we want to make sure that you guys have as this journey really officially begins for you guys, okay? So juniors, this is, tonight is the night. We've, we've called this meeting the kickoff to college uh, since, since I arrived here eight years ago, and we've always felt like this meeting is the start to what will be your admission journey. You've, you've been writing your story up till now, and now it's going to be time to start telling your story to the admission world. So without any further ado, let's get started. Okay, so we're going to start with our senior expectations. Gentlemen in the back, eyes up. Let's read the We're talking about the words on the screen. This is for you. So we have a couple expectations for you as we start this process. One, listen to all announcements, whether those are Ms. Moore making the announcements, us making the announcements, whatever announcements we're making, you need to make sure and pay attention because some of the time, if not a lot of the time, it pertains to you. Two, read all text messages and emails from us. If we're sending you something, it's not just to for funsies, it's because it's important information. We want to make sure we're communicating as much as possible and as getting the uh, point across to you, okay? Check, check your college portals, emails, mail sometimes. Obviously we live in a digital world. There's gonna be less mail about everything, but you're gonna get stuff in the mail like the other day. Someone didn't know that they had gotten accepted somewhere until they got something in the mail because they forgot to check their portal. So you're going to have college portals. We'll talk about that next year, but your email is very, very, very important. Communicate. You have to communicate with us. We don't get the communications from the college. They send you the communications. So if you don't tell us when things happen or you need something or you're missing something, we don't know it, okay? Own your deadlines. This is your application process. This is not ours. This is our like 25th application process. You need to own your deadlines. We're gonna help you and remind you and keep you updated with texts and emails and whatever, but these are your applications, your deadlines, you own them. And then be resourceful. We are great resources, but sometimes you can find answers to your questions with a quick Google search. So try to be resourceful as much as possible. There are 50 plus of you and only two of us. So it's kind of hard to answer the same question 50 times over and over when you could Google it, okay? So those are your expectations, juniors to be seniors. Parents, your only expectation is to be your student's biggest cheerleader. We are here to do and make sure they do all those things and get their stuff done. We just want you to be supportive of your child, help them in any way possible, take them on college tours, do whatever, and just be their number one fan and maybe supplier of some money for some application fees here and there. But we want to make sure that you're having fun along with them during this process. Before we get to this slide, one of the the good email stories, tell the Evan Pan story. Oh, yes. Okay, so this is why you should check your email. So students, if you haven't heard us tell you before, colleges can see whether or not you have checked their email. We can know whether or not you've checked emails. You push pages you get from the school, we can see if you read them or not. Fun fact. So we got a phone call 
like late September, early October from a college saying, hey, does Evan Pan got accepted into this um, really nice uh, fly-in program, but he hasn't responded to our email and today's the deadline. So we're like, that's weird. Evan always replies to stuff. So we pulled him out of class and we're like, hey, Evan, did you check your email? He's like, well, which account? Well, first problem, we got more than one email account. We don't know which email we're using for stuff. So he almost missed out on a fully paid flyout trip to a college on the East Coast because he did not check and reply to his emails. So check your emails. Practice this year with all the stuff we email you all the time. Check your emails all the time. Side note, if you haven't done your stretch form, you should do that ASAP. It's in your email. <laughs> All right, so students, uh, one of the things I always like to stress as we start this process is that you are in control. I think we get so hung up on the fact that the colleges uh, are the ones making the decisions about your application that we forget that you are in control of two-thirds of this process, okay? Um, so number one, you're the most important part of this equation. Not your parents, not us. Like Ms. Davis said, this is your process. Okay, so you are the most important piece in this puzzle. Be confident, okay? Guys, there's a lot of schools in this country, and there is not one perfect school out there for you. There's many that you can go and be successful at, okay? So be confident that there is a school out there for every one of you. There's multiple schools out there for every one of you. And then again, you're in control of two-thirds of this process. You're in control of where you apply. The school then is in control of if you get in or not. And then the third piece is, if you've done a good, if you've, if you've led a good search process, picked good schools to apply to, which is our job to help, certainly, but then you're probably going to get a lot of favorable decisions, and then it's your choices to where you go. So you're in control of where you apply and then ultimately where you go. Okay, so you really are in control. All right, so tonight, we really want this to, tonight to be about timeline, so that you guys know what to expect from now pretty much until next year at this time, okay? So starting in January, when we come back from holiday break, we're gonna, the first thing we're gonna do is have our student meetings. So parents, you will be included, I promise, but the first meeting we have is gonna be with the students one-on-one. -on -one. And we will meet with them in January. We will have them do a couple other things, then we will sit down with you guys as a, as a group, as a unit. So student, parents, and us, okay? So we'll do student meetings, We'll do family meetings. Students, we are still trying to uh, make the, the trip, college trip work, so stay tuned. We talked about it this morning about how we need to look at calendar, we need to look at sports, uh, try to figure out where that's going to fit so that we can get the juniors out to see some schools as the colleges begin to let groups back on campus. But that doesn't mean that you guys can't go out individually and see some schools. So if you can get some school visits in, have at it, okay? And then standardized tests, we want to start that early next semester. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Okay, so when we start doing our student and family meetings, a couple of things we're going to do um, and talk about. So first off, students, you're going to have two things that you are required to do before our meeting. One is a self-reflection, which is a survey that will be sent tomorrow yes, um, in your score account. I'm going to warn you, there's like 40-something questions, okay? You don't have to sit and do it all at one time. It's not meant for you to sit down and do it all at one time. It's supposed to be a little thought provoking. It's gonna take you some time, but we use that specifically to get to know you a little more than what we know on a day-to-day -day basis and to help us when we start writing your rec letters. Like we don't know that you love to do this thing or that on the weekends that you have nothing to do, this is what you love to do and this is your hobby. Unless you tell us about it, that's what the self-reflection is for, is something to help us help you with your recs. And then your U Science. U Science is the career assessment or character assessment that helps kind of help you get an idea of based on questions that you ask and or they they ask you answer how you answer it stuff like that. It gives characteristics and based on um, careers and what you may be interested in. It doesn't say you Brian Motto must be a mailman. It says based on your answers to your questions, these are some careers that you may be interested in, and we'll use that and talk about that in your meeting as well. So those are two things starting tomorrow that you need to do before January. It's November, you got plenty of time, it's fine. So um, you will get that in your, you can do both of those things in your score account and we'll talk more about that later and help you out. 
So the other things we'll talk about is we'll start building your list in SCORE. A lot of you have already started following schools in SCORE, already kind of have an idea, but we'll really talk about that and dig deep. We'll go over your senior year courses, of course. We'll go over the transcript and then talk about test scores, future tests, and any summer plans that you might have. But all of those things are going to be talked about with the student and with the student and parents. Okay, so building a list of fits, and, and we will refer, you will hear us refer to this a lot as non-negotiables. Students, as, as you really start to see that this is going to be reality sooner rather than later, you guys need to start thinking about those things that are non-negotiable to you for your college experience. We give some examples. Maybe you want to be close to ski slopes. You want, maybe you want an attractive campus, okay? And attractive can look differently to different people. I know when I was looking at colleges, for whatever reason in my head, college was a lot of grass, red brick, and white column. That's just, that was collegiate to me, okay? Um, so that's something I was looking for. So you've got some things that you might want to base your decisions on, and those, those go into that fit of the school. Maybe you're looking for specific opportunities, okay? courses offered in your specific interest. Maybe there's a, a school out there and there's a, a specific professor at the school that's doing some sort of research that you really want to be a part of, okay? Those are things then that become opportunities that add to your list of, of fit, okay? We are looking, people will ask, how many schools do I apply to? We will say between six to eight is a healthy, healthy number. If you apply to more, that's great. If you apply to less, that's great. But we'll break them down when we meet, we'll break those schools down into three different categories. The first is likely, okay? And we define likely as a school that based on your GPA and possibly your test score, we feel that you have a almost 100% chance of gaining admission, okay? I have some peers in the college advising world, they'll call them sleep at nights because you can go to bed sleeping, sleep, you'll, sleep at well night, you'll sleep well at night knowing that you're gonna get in, okay? So at least one, if not two likelies. For, notice I didn't say safety. Safety to me has a bad connotation. Safety to me means, I'll go there if I have to. We want you to build a list of however many schools that you'd be really happy to go to, any one of them, okay? So we're gonna call them life, likelies. Safety is out of our vocab. Target schools mean, means your GPA and again, possibly your test scores fit well into the, the averages that they're looking at admitting. So going on there, looking at their average test scores, average GPA, where you fall, falls into what they're, what they're looking for. And then reaches. Reaches means exactly what it sounds like. I'm, I'm reaching here. No matter how good I may be, Harvard is always gonna be a stretch, right? They receive 50,000 applications and admit about 1,200 kids. So I don't care how good you are. Harvard's a stretch, right, or a reach. So with reaches, again, we're not gonna limit you, but a healthy number is two, okay, maybe three. So we're looking at six to eight schools somewhere in that range. Do you guys have any questions about that? Okay, moving on. All right, so going back to what I just said, we want you to build a list of schools that you're excited about whether those are likely schools, target schools, or reach schools. So to do that, number one, don't get your heart set on one school. I get that there's going to be one probably that you gravitate towards no matter what, right? There's always, it's like, it's like buying a car. There's this one car I really want, but you know what? Maybe it's just not in the cards for me, right? I'm an educator, so that Maserati that I really want, probably not gonna be able to buy it, okay? But my Honda does just great. Parents, just because, and I've said this every year, so those of you that have heard this many times, I apologize, but just because XYZ University was great for you when you went to school, that does not necessarily mean that it's the same, exact same place as it was back then and it's gonna be perfect for your student. And then students, just because you grew up cheering for XYZ University again, does not mean it's the best place for you to go and grow and reach the goals that you have for yourselves. Okay, so we really wanna build what's called six first choices. And so think about, think about those things, but again, we, we want you to be excited about the schools that you're applying to. 
High school seniors will soon learn their futures. Announcements come out this month normally. Colleges are posting acceptance and rejection notices. New York Times columnist Frank Bruni offers encouraging news to students who do not get into the likes of Princeton or Stanford. His new book is called, this is a great title, Where You Go Is Not Who You Will Be. It is a great title. It is, mm -hmm. and yeah. it's so true. <laughs> Frank Bruni, we welcome you to the table. Thanks for having One me. One of the things you point out is it's madness and nonsense, your words, that a yes or no from a certain school determines your value. Yeah, well, we've created this culture right now where we have all of these kids and their parents who feel like their entire life trajectory is going to be set by what happens during a few days in March. Mm -hmm. And it's not true, and it's a destructive narrative to to, to tell them. Um, and what the book tries to do is explain why you can have success in any number of ways, you know, traveling down any number of paths, and to treat this juncture as more than it is is not a good idea. But don't all you have to do is look around and see, you know, what people have done in terms of the traditional definition of achievement. Right. Well, we can look at this table. Yes. So you went to Duke, right? Yes. University of Maryland, mm -hmm. Syracuse. Yep. Mm -hmm. There's no pattern here. Right? You're all at this table. You're all at this table because of, of the energy you put into your careers. You're here because of basic oh, talents. No. What? Look, no, they just put out photos now. Oh, ah. University of Maryland, yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. look at that girl on the right. Thank you, Gail. Look at that. And, and, and wisdom. Okay, so, and but, you're here because okay. you were so good looking in college. Yeah, college sure. But, 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 but to your but point, this is Frank. The thing. But, but yeah. Frank, okay, University of Maryland, Syracuse, Duke. I say I went to University of Maryland. People go, oh, that's so lovely. You say you go to Duke. Oh, or you go to Harvard or Yale. Oh, I mean, I don't think you can deny that when you go to one of those top-tier schools that people look at you differently, they regard you differently, and they make, in most cases, correct assumptions. It, it can Doesn't be, that count for something? It can be an advantage. Mm -hmm. And those schools, by the way, are really, really great schools. That's true. Right. But we have to keep it in perspective. This table shows, and any kind of survey of successful people shows, mm -hmm. um, that they come from all sorts of educational pedigrees. So the ooh that people get when they say Duke or when they say Harvard, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. But not getting that ooh doesn't mean you're not going to get ahead and have a wonderful Oh, life. I agree with you. Exactly. And that's, and that's Just the point. Just look around. That, yeah, right, yeah. and that's what we cannot lose sight of. And a lot of this comes from the rankings, this intense yeah. focus on the rankings, right? Yes. What, how, how have the rankings affected... What, the, the way the colleges pursue them, right. the way they live by these rankings. Well, I mean, colleges pursue students and drum up applications to get their acceptance rates down. They want higher median SAT scores because they want to rise in these rankings because Americans love rankings. They love to have their judgment outsourced to other experts and expert you know, surveys and all that sort of stuff. Um, but when there's no best school, there might be a best school for you, but there's mm -hmm. no objective best school and that's why putting too much faith in and attention to rankings is a big mistake. I, I realize you're saying that you can still do really well if you didn't go to some fabulous school. But look at this. Uh, the last three presidents? Mm -hmm. Harvard. Um, Yale. Yale. Columbia. Columbia. Mm -hmm. Yes. Let's talk about that. So, uh, And then all Supreme Court justices, I think, all of them went to Ivy League law schools. Few important things to say about that. When you say Yale, you're talking about George W. Bush, right? right? Mm -hmm. Did Yale make him, and wasn't he always bound for Yale because Prescott Bush, his grandfather, went there? And You say George... legacy matters. Right. Well, the, my, my point is sure. to attribute Bush's time in the White House to anything he got at Yale is to ignore that Yale was more a refle reflection of his bloodlines than it was of anything else. That Yale you, did for him. Right. You mentioned the Supreme Court. We can look at other sample sets and get a much different picture. The Senate. You know, very few people in, in the Senate went to Ivy League schools. We love to talk about the Ivy League when we see that pattern. Joe Biden, University of Delaware. Chris Christie, University of Delaware. In the 2008 campaign, David Plouffe on the Obama mm -hmm. side, University of Delaware. Steve Schmidt on the McCain side, University of Delaware. And your point about that So is... why aren't we talking about this, this, this maker of political kings, University of Delaware? Because we prefer the other narrative, which is not an mm -hmm. accurate one. We could talk about the other maker of King, Syracuse University. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like to, but, but you also uh, say parents really need to relax. Uh, people go through so much. They yeah. do the college prep courses. The things that people say to admissions counselors just to get into school right. is amazing yeah. to me. Well, I mean, people get so focused on it. I talked to this one admissions counselor who said that um, he got a panicked call from a, from, a, from, a group, from a couple of parents who were planning a lavish vacation in the summer for their kid. And then they heard, oh, no, the colleges want to see that he's done community service. So they said, we think we need to have him build roads somewhere. Should we have him build roads? Cancel vacation. Right. And the counselor reminded them they were in Europe and there weren't a lot of roads that needed building <laughs> yes. in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. But, but there's a game to get admitted to in sure. addition to academic achievement and, and other things. Because the competition is so tough, there are things you can do. 
Well, there are things you can do, and there are things that you just have the good luck of being. And this is what kids and parents need to remember when they're getting too heartbroken over not getting into a school with a 5% acceptance rate. If you're a star athlete, if you're a legacy, all these things give you a leg up and mean the remaining spots are very, very few. I hear the music, but we got to go. But this was the best part of the book to me, one of the best. A parent wrote to his child, the mom and dad, there's not a single college in this country that would not be lucky to have you. You're capable of succeeding at any of them. We love you as deep as the ocean, as high as the sky, all the way around the world and back again to wherever you are headed. Mom and Dad Craig and Diana Levin. And they sent that before the rejection notices came That's right. In. And I it, wish more parents would be It is a very revealing so read. Highly encouraged, Frank. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you Frank. Okay, so... I love, I love showing this, this clip. So Frank Bruni wrote this book, uh, Where You Go Is Not Who You'll Be, I don't know, seven or six, seven years ago at this point, seven or eight years ago at this point. It's a fantastic, it's a fantastic read, okay? And, and students, your self-worth is not determined about where you get in or where you don't get in, okay? It's all about how you do when you're there. So where you go is not who you will be. It does not determine your level of success in this world. And one of the other things I've looked up recently is the education for the, the Fortune 500 CEOs. There's more state schools than there are Ivy Leagues. Okay, so, so again, where you go is not who you'll be, it's what you do when you're there. A couple things that actually listening to this for the, this time I was, I was writing down. Rankings, for those of you who have not heard my spiel about rankings, you're gonna hear it now just real quick. I hate them, they put reputation before fit, okay? they can be manipulated. And the most popular one out there is the US News and World Report. It, they, I mean, the only reason US News and World Report still exists today is because of their college rankings uh, issues. Malcolm Gladwell, for those of you who are at the freshman sophomore night, I talked about Malcolm Gladwell on Malcolm Gladwell's podcast this year. He did a podcast called Lord of the Rankings and he knocks it out of the park, please. I, I will put this in the notes when we send this out tomorrow. Please listen to that. It's, I think it's about 30 minutes long, and then he has a follow-up episode called Project Dillard. Everybody in here has heard of Dillard College, right? No? Seriously? Yeah, no, I hadn't either, and I've been doing this for a while. Okay, it's a historically black college and university. Um, right this second, I don't even think I could tell you where it is. I think it's in, in Georgia. I don't, I don't even remember. Anyway. With very little manipulation of the numbers, he had Dillard College ranked as one of the top five colleges in the country, like that, okay? And it was with very little manipulation of numbers. So be very careful of what rankings say. Sorry, soapbox done. Okay, so any questions, any questions or comments about this? Okay, moving on. Awesome. <clears throat> okay, score. So score is what you will be living in the next year and a half. Um, so SCORE is a great resource for you as well, parents. If you have an opportunity to talk with your student, log in with the, into their account together, and you can find all kinds of things. This is where your GPA at the end of this year, will put your GPA in there, which is we, the GPA you will use to apply to colleges. All your test scores that you have taken or will take will be in there as well. Um, all college information. So this is a screenshot of when you search Texas Christian University. This is the homepage, the overview that it gives you. It shows you their average admissions rate, their ACT, SAT score, what type of deadline they have, what, what requirements they have, whether they do test scores are optional or not, what type of applications they have, how, how much it costs. At the very top, you can't tell, but that screen at the top moves because there is a virtual tour that you can click through and go to on their website. In the top right corner, if we have reps on campus or reps coming to campus, you can register for their uh, session and it also links you to their website where you can register for a session with them. So this is a great, great resource. You can also go through and see the cost of financial aid numbers for the school. It'll tell you the cost of tuition, what typically people actually pay in tuition, and then how much financial aid that they typically give out. Obviously, it's gonna be different for everybody, but it kind of gives you an overview of how much, yes, this is the sticker price, but this is actually what the average student pays for. So it kind of helps you whew, a little bit for parents, definitely. Um, this is also where, like I said, when we have college reps on campus, students, hopefully, when we've had some, you've gotten a little notifications in your email, or if you happen to have the app, which you should, if you don't, download it today, um, you'll get notifications of when they're coming. 
when you start applying, there's application uh, checklist, so you can go through and see that you have everything, that we've sent everything, that you're hitting all your deadlines. So this is a great, 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 great resource that we have that is available to all of you as well. And if you have any questions, please be sure to come and ask us because I personally love SCORE, live in SCORE, have it open every day as soon as I get in the office. Um, okay, so a couple of things, students. So when you're using your app, when you start looking for your surveys, this is what the screen you'll go to. You go to your inbox and your survey will be there. You can do it on your phone if you want to while you're sitting in the CFI studying during study hall. You can work on your survey. None of y'all back there do that at all. Um, so these are all the tabs that you can look through and look at all your information. Um, so this is where you will have all your extracurricular activities that you've put in throughout the couple years um, that you will do again in December and then where, where your GPA will live. So what I really wanted you to see, so every school that you put on your list next year that you're applying to, it will automatically build a timeline for you of when your deadlines are. So it, I have this as a screenshot of a student's, but every date that they have for a application is on this timeline. Every, let's see, college visit that's coming on campus that she registered for, on her timeline. And it tells her when there's a school on campus and notifies her that day. So this is a great resource. I'm talking about the same thing in different ways, but please use it. It's so helpful and it helps you and it helps us make sure we're communicating all the time and we don't have to come find you in the CFI. Hi everyone, thank you for joining us on this college tour. Now, I'm gonna start this off as usual with a little canned joke about walking backwards. <laughs> polite laughter, polite laughter. I'm loving this already. I hate this already. Now, as you'll soon see, every college is pretty much exactly the same. Oh, I know. She's dragged me to eight schools so far. I can't wait to get out of the house. <laughs> How about a couple boring facts that you could easily look up on Wikipedia? I know all this information. I've actually already been accepted, and I'm going to mention it a lot. Oh, one of those. <laughs> yes, my daughter's very gifted, and I'm going to be mentioning that a lot. Oh, you're even worse. <laughs> I'm never getting in here. I'm never getting in anywhere. Ooh, fun fact. A magazine no one reads actually rated us the number two best mid-sized liberal arts college in the Northeast, excluding Vermont. Woohoo! I went here. I can tell. Up first is our science building. Oh. Wow, that is the ugliest building I've ever seen. Yes, it is. This concrete monstrosity was built in the 1970s. Everyone's got a derogatory nickname for it, and it's never coming down. Does anyone have any questions? No problem, no one ever does. Now it's time to show off our new state-of-the-art dorms. That's where I want to live when I go here, because I've already gotten accepted. My daughter's entitled to nice things. Yeah, there's no way you're living there. It only houses a couple dozen students. Everyone else lives in the tenement buildings across state lines. This is a statue of our school's founder, Thaddeus Quendleton, some old random white guy. Now, every finals period, the students will come and vandalize the statue with articles of clothing in the name of tradition. It's fun. Ooh, ooh, I remember dressing up old Thaddeus. Hey, can I hijack this tour to tell stories of my time here? <laughs> I wish you wouldn't, but I'm too meek to tell you no. Hey, I want to impress my kid. It's not working. I hate this. Does anyone have any questions? I'm running out of things to say. I'm still trying to find myself, and I'm having a hard time, so I need attention! Woo! Woo! <sighs> can joke to have cut the tension. Polite laughter, polite laughter, polite laughter. And that concludes our tour. Looks like half of you are gone, either from lack of interest or genuinely getting lost. So uh, are there any other questions? Actually, I have a weirdly specific question. I definitely don't know the answer to that, but if this school has taught me anything, it's how to lie convincingly and pretend I know what I'm talking about when I don't. So does that help? Not at all. But the pressure of being around strangers makes me not want to push the issue. Perfect. Well, if you think of any other questions, here is my card. You can reach me there. Thank you. I'm going to throw this in the garbage. <laughs> of course you are. Good luck finding your car in our parking lot. Woo! Look at me! Woo! Yeah. All right, so college tours. Um, college tours really are great. You do get a lot of good information, but they all start to sound the same, okay? For those of you who have been through this process with older children, I'm sure can tell you, 
Every college has a library that's going to tell you they have X amount of volumes, and they all have the blue light system, and they all, you can call the security office, and they'll escort you from here to there after midnight. I mean, it's a lot of the same stuff, okay? If you really want to get the goods on, some, on, on a school, take the time, do the visit, go sit in the lunchroom. Talk to somebody who doesn't work or who has been trained by the Office of Admission. They'll tell you what's really going on. Okay, so when you are doing the tours, don't rush through it. Okay, take some time on a campus. Do the tour, the info session, which again, both are going to be packed with good information, but if you really want to get a sense of everything, I'll always tell you, go sit in the lunchroom, go have lunch. And a lot of times the admission office will pay for you to do that. Okay, but this is, we just need, I felt like this was good humor. <laughs> true, true, but exaggerated. So, so other things about visiting campus. Again, so colleges will take visitors at the, again, everybody we've talked to at this point is accepting individual visitors. Almost everybody is allowing juniors and seniors onto their campus at this point, okay? Some places still are not allowing those freshmen and sophomores to come. They're limiting it only to the upperclassmen. To schedule a visit, okay? Go online. You don't ever have to talk. It's sad that you don't have to talk to a human anymore to get all this scheduled, but you do not. So if you go to the admission webpage, go to their visit, uh, visit me button on their admission webpage, you're going to be able to pull up a calendar, pick a date, and then pick what you want, whether that's the info session and the tour, just a tour, things like that. Okay? So you're going to be able to do that all online. When should you visit? I will always encourage you to visit on a weekday when you can see what life is like on campus. Okay? Throughout the school year, most schools will allow Saturday morning visits or their admission office will be open. Okay? If you go in the summer, summer's a great time to visit, but be realistic about what you're going to see. Okay? When I worked at Butler University, it's a school of about 3,500 students in Indianapolis. It's a very traditional undergrad university though. So in the summer, everybody's gone. There's very few people on campus with exception of camps. And I will never forget, there was one day that a student came back from a tour, talked about how beautiful the campus was, and then goes, but this place kind of stinks. There's no students around. And we all kind of were going, it's summer, dude. There's nobody here. Um, so be realistic about uh, what, what you're expecting when you do visit, if you visit kind of in an off time frame. But anytime you can visit campuses, we want you to get on to those campuses. Standardized testing. Okay. Last year at this time, we were giving a very different message. Uh, we had an icon on here last year or a picture that just had somebody shrugging their shoulders because we really didn't know. And to a certain extent right now, we're still that person. Juniors, you are going to be in a world where there are some schools that are still test optional. And there are going to be some schools that are going to require you to submit test scores. So, just right now, we're planning, you need to plan to test. Okay, and if you haven't started now, which is okay, you need to begin in the spring, which is, is when we encourage you to do so. Okay, and so our little picture here, if you can't see it, it's a gentleman standing in front of St. Peter at the gates of heaven, and he's saying, you're kidding, you count SATs? Um, so not all colleges count SATs and ACTs. Some, many schools are still test optional. I think right now the big question is always, what's, what are UT and A&M doing right, in the state? What are, what are those two schools doing? They're going on a year-by-year -year basis. So they were test optional last year. They're test optional this year. Neither school has announced what they will be for you guys. Okay? So as soon as they do, obviously we'll let you guys know. Okay? For those schools that are test optional, some schools will still tie scholarship money to those tests. So again, our best advice is plan on testing. Next slide. Let's go. Okay, so here's our timeline. In March, March is the first SAT in the new year. So once we hit 2022, March will be the first opportunity to take the SAT. The ACT is February, okay? So that first official ACT after the new year is February. Then, so going on the SATs, let's do SATs first. You've got March, you've got May, you've got June, you've got August, 
and you've got October. That's five, and, and November, before your November 1st deadline. They, schools will still take that November test. It's the first weekend every year in November. So even if you have a November 1st deadline, colleges will still accept that November test. So that's six opportunities to take the SAT before the first big deadline of November 1st. Okay, if you take all six, I'm gonna hit you in the head with a hammer. AC, I can't, I can't say that anymore, can I? I'm sorry. Rub, you rubber, guys know rubber I didn't mean that. Rubber hammer, rubber hammer, yeah, rubber hammer. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> ACT, same, same number, six. You've got February, you've got April, you've got June, you have a July option, you have a September option, and an October option. So again, if you feel more comfortable or confident on the ACT, you have six opportunities starting after the first of the year to take that ACT before that first big deadline of November 1st, okay? Remember AP exams, uh, that first, those first two weeks of May? Um, so that, but that's, that's what the timeline looks like for you guys. Again, I know some of you have already started and that's great, that's fine, okay? You do not have to send all of your test scores to these colleges. Anymore, most schools are super scoring. There still are some schools that do not super score. Everybody know what I mean by super score? No, okay, so a super score is, if I take the ACT, let's say three times, and on the first test, my, I, I received my highest individual section score in math and English. The second time I received my highest individual score in science, and the last test I take, I received my highest individual score in reading. So that's the four sections in the ACT. What a college will do is they'll take the, the highest in each one from each of those three tests and average it out to get what they call it is the super score composite, okay? So colleges are always looking for reasons to admit you guys, not to deny you. So they're giving you that opportunity by saying, we're gonna take your highest score in each of those from your three different tests to give you the best opportunity to, get, to gain admission. They'll do the same thing with the SAT, right? So there's evidence-based reading and writing and there's math. So there's two sections on the SAT. Parents, it's like it's today, it's like it's today, it is today like it was when we took the test. Two sections, 1,600 points, right? 800 each section. And they'll do the same thing. So let's say you take it two times. The first time you get your best score in that evidence-based reading and writing. Second time is math. What they'll do is they'll add those two together to come up with a new high score for you. And they okay? do, so we do get a lot of questions on, okay, but my math, the higher math score, my English score went down. So if you listen, here's my little plug. If you listen to our podcast, the episode where we talked to Dalton Goodyear from TCU, we talked about this. They have a system where all your test scores go in and they only see that super score and the highest test scores. Those other ones, they can't see them. They don't see them. They don't look at them. There's no reason for them to know them because they just want to know those top scores. So don't worry about if I took this time and the rest of it went and this time the rest of it went up. No one's gonna see those bad scores. They're only going to see those top scores at all. Nothing else, period, statement, done. That's standardized testing in a nutshell. Questions, comments, concerns. Okay, if you've heard the term SAT subject tests, don't worry about it. You don't have to worry, you don't, no colleges take them anymore. SAT's doing, a uh, college board's doing away with them. Okay, so for those parents who have older students who had to do those, if they did have to do them, those are no longer. All right, so here is our deadline for April through June. It's a little bit of the same. Continue doing visits, um, determine retake of tests if you need to do that. We'll start working on your resume at the end of the year. Nothing to worry about right now. You'll start requesting your rec letters, and then we have some June work days. So in April, we will meet with you during one of your advisory times and we will go through because you will request your letters of rec through SCORE. Um, so you need to be thinking about what two teachers that you want to ask to do your rec letters. Um, more than likely, it needs to probably be an English history as one, a math and science as the others. There are some schools that require if you're doing a STEM class, doing a STEM major to have a math and a science person. So, but some schools also require for you to have one of each, humanities and math and science. So that's just something that students, you need to be looking at, at the schools that are, you're applying to of what they require. 
Um, and then in June, the two days after our in-service, which is June 2nd and 3rd, we will have work days, application work days on campus. Um, I know it's summer officially starting, but it's a great time to get your, we work on Common App to start getting that started. We work on our resume and we kind of do a college essay workshop where we do some ideas, some activities where we start thinking about what type of essay you're gonna write, what topics you're gonna talk about. At no, we do not think that you're gonna have your essay done by the time we finish that. It is just to have a list of ideas to think about throughout the summer while you're thinking about and starting to write your essay, okay? Um, and then we'll talk, we'll, summer opportunities, shadowing, get a job, do you call it more college tours. A job is probably one of the best things that you could get during the summer. If you have to have a job because you need to pay for that gas that your mom and dad's up paying for, it's a great opportunity for you to learn and be a better person and learn how to do hard things. So get a job, do some shadowing, internships, whatever you need to do. Summer is the time to do that. All right, so then July through August, a lot of the same things. I'm not gonna read that again. Okay, um, so when you start writing your essays, we will tell you to start doing it in a Google Doc. So that way, whenever you have it ready to go, you just share it with us. We can make comments on it, send it back to you for you to have it finalized. We wanna make sure and read everything before you submit it. Um, that way we know we know, mom and dad know, and you know that it's good to go and all those little typos are fixed and ready to go. Um, then we'll start finalizing your list in the spring or in the fall when you come back to make sure that you're applying and we know what schools you're applying to and we have all those deadlines ready to go. Um, and then during the summer, we stopped doing specific work days. We used to send out a calendar with, these are the days we're gonna have Common App Day and Apply Texas Day or whatever. We are open nine to three, Monday through Friday, every day during the summer. There may be a day one or two that we're not there, but one of us is here all day, every day. So come when you can, come as a group, come at lunch, come after practice, come after workouts, whatever, come hang out, talk about it, come work on it, don't talk about it, we don't care. Come in and do it as much as you can during the summer so you're not stressing about it when you come back to school start getting those syllabuses for your AP classes or whatever, and start freaking out, Miss Davis, I don't know how I'm gonna plot a college, I can do school. Every year it happens. Do it during the summer so you don't stress out in the fall, okay? Um, and then again, retake SAT, ACT if you need to. Any questions about that part? Awesome. Okay, so components, just really qu quick crash course <coughs> on the components of the application, just so you guys are aware. So as, as the students, as you guys apply, we will send a school profile. It gives the colleges information about our curriculum and things we do here at All Saints, okay? You're gonna have the two teacher letters of recommendation. You all get a letter of recommendation from us, okay, from our office. Almost all of you are gonna have at least one main essay that you're going to have to do, okay? Some of you might have some other short answers. Uh, and things like that. Those are those supplemental essays, okay? So that just depends on where you're applying and what they require, okay? Of course, your transcript will come from us, okay? SAT or ACT scores. It says sent by student. A lot of times, if the school is still requiring the SAT or the ACT, you students, you can self-report it on the application, okay? So it just depends on the school. Again, that's one of those things that we'll, we'll figure out when we know your final list. Your resume will go, and then potentially your AP test scores, okay? You do not have to turn in your AP test scores if you are not happy with them, okay? That is not a required component of any application, even if you took AP exams, okay? So that's just the quick, that's the application components. Um, our part, with the exception of the student, you, actually got, you guys actually completing the application. All right. Five, four or five main applications that the students are really gonna look at. The first one, Apply Texas, okay? That is a application that is solely for schools in Texas. It is accepted by every public school in the state and many private schools, okay? So that's the first one. Second one, coalition application. For some parents out here, this might be new since the last time you had a senior going through this process. It's about six years old, five or six years old, okay? Um, when it first started, we were fully against it. As it has grown, it has gotten a lot better. More schools in Texas now take it. I think at the last count, there's six, five or six at least, right? 
um, including UT and A&M. The, the, um, the, the, the website is, is great now, okay? So we're, we're very much on board with coalition application. There's about 150 schools that will take that across the country. Common app, that is the most common application. There's over 900 schools nationwide that accept the common application. Okay, so that one is one that, that we have a lot of students, almost all of our students, mm, probably 60, 60 to 70% yeah. will complete the common application. The UC application, the UC application is California's version of Apply Texas. Okay, so if you're applying to any state school in the state of California, you have to do the UC application. So it's specific only to California. And then the last one is school specific. There are still some schools out there that have their own application on their own website that you might need to do, okay? So those are the, those are the five main things that you guys will see as far as applications are concerned. <coughs> okay, types of deadlines. Again, quickly, the non-restrictive plans, okay? And so these are the ones that most of our students do. The first one is regular decision, which is non-binding. Regular decision deadlines, typically are after the first of the year, okay, during your senior year. So January 1st, so for you guys, January 1st, 2023, okay? Applications will be due by then. Rolling admission, non-binding. Rolling admission means they will accept an application basically starting August 1st of your senior year. As soon as that application is complete, they will read it and get a decision back to you. Sometimes they'll answer you in a couple weeks, okay? So, if, if students will know this, uh, we do the one, we send out the one clap videos celebrating our seniors' acceptances. We get some really early ones at places like Baylor and Old Miss and Alabama. I mean, guys, as soon as they receive those applications in August, early September, as soon as they're complete, they'll turn them around. They'll read them and get them back to the students, okay? The one we encourage the most is the early action non-binding. Most, many schools will have what's called an early action deadline of, of November 1. It is a non-binding deadline, meaning the student will hear back early by Christmas, but they won't have to make a decision until May 1st. Okay, so there's no commitment by applying early action. Okay, so we encourage that. Restrictive plans, and these are the ones we have to be careful about. And I, I, careful is the wrong word. We need to talk about this and make sure we're doing the right thing. The first is early decision, and this is a binding agreement. Students, if you apply early decision to a school, you are agreeing that if I'm admitted, I'm attending, okay? You're only allowed one school like that. We will only allow you to apply to one school early decision. I will stand up here right now and tell you, if you have a school that is maybe a reach school, applying early decision can raise your chances of getting admit admitted, okay? There are schools out there, especially some of the selective schools that are taking a bigger portion of their class every year in that early decision pool because they know if I admit this student, you're coming, okay? And you wanna know what a big piece of rankings is? Something called yield percentage. How many students apply, how many are admitted, and then how many of those admits come? Well, if I admit a whole class of early decision, I could have 100% yield almost, okay? So there are a lot of schools out there that are doing more and more with that early decision pool. Restrictive early action, okay? It's non-binding and it's early, but you're only allowed to do what you're, what you're committing to is that you're only going to apply to one school early action, okay? And so that is definitely a conversation. There's only a few schools out there that do that. Yale does it, uh, Notre Dame does it, Stanford does it, a few, a few places like that. Okay, we don't have many do the restrictive early action. Honestly, over the last few years, three, two, three, four, yeah. maybe. Okay, so that's really not one that a lot of our students or our families are looking at. Typically, we're looking at regular, rolling, early action, and then a handful every year will do the early decision. Okay, any questions on that? All right, so guys, we did this a few years ago. Parents, if you guys want to, students, you probably, you can talk to your parents about this later, but um, parents, if you guys want to take one, we're going to just go through our transcript with you guys real quickly so you know what we're sending, okay? So we are giving you a copy of this 
Okay, I know the lighting isn't great in here. I apologize, so you can't see this. But this is a fictitious student, I believe. Um, John Doe, I think, is who our, our guy is. Um, but this is what our transcript looks like. This is the document that will be sent to colleges next year, with the exception of the 12th grade grades. Okay, students, you're going to apply next fall. So there will not be any grades on your transcript for the 12th grade. But your classes will be on there. And it will say courses in progress. So we'll have any classes you took in eighth grade will be up there, only with credit. Then we'll have your freshman, sophomore, junior year, and your senior year courses. Okay. Now, one of the questions we always receive from our students, our parents, is how do we calculate our GPA? Our GPA is calculated with only semester one and semester two grades. So if you look at the grades, the first two columns, those are the semester one and semester two grades. Those are the only grades that go into the GPA. That final column here, that number is simply the average of the first two. Okay? And it's only there to indicate credit. Okay? So for example, we might have a student that, say, fails a class with a 58 first semester, but passes the second semester with a 75. The average then is above 60, so that final grade is above 60, which would give the student credit. Okay? So that, again, for the GPA, sake of GPA, you can ignore the final column. If you flip that paper over in your hand, I have broken it down for you so that you know how we do it. We add up those numbers and divide by the number of classes. Okay? To get a numeric GPA, all you're doing is adding all the semester one grades, all of the semester two grades, divide by the number of classes. That is your numeric GPA. Now, you'll notice, though, that we will only report a GPA based on a four-point scale. So to calculate that, what you're going to do is you're going to take that numeric number and you're going to assign it with one of the uh, numbers from our GPA scale. So let's say you have a 92 in a class. Well, a 92 in a class is equal to 3.67 points. Okay, so you're going to add 3.67 for that 192. You're going to assign a value to each one of those and then again divide by the number of courses. Okay? Now here's the catch. Many of our students take AP courses. Okay? There is a bump given for AP courses. So if a student, say, earns a 3.33, that's, uh, that's a B plus in an AP class. So let's say they have an 88. 3.33. Well, with the GPA bump, it's calculated into their GPA as a 3.83 because we add 0.5 for each AP course. Okay, and so you notice um, that I would say, come on, just real quick. Um, let's see, it says AP US on the back. I actually do have it listed as AP. You can see 89 and 88 <coughs> on the back there, and it says 3.83. Okay, so that's, that's the example there that we wanted to use. So that's how that's calculated. Okay, again, I know this was quick, but do you guys have any questions on how that works? <coughs> the next thing I want to say is don't be alarmed if after you apply students and you log into, say, your, your portal at a specific school, that that three point whatever or four point whatever that you have on their new calculations may go down. Parents, almost all schools today recalculate GPAs. A lot of them will strip any weight out given for an honors or an AP course. A lot of them will take their own grading scale and take those numeric numbers and put it on their own grading scale. And if they do that, it's typically a 10-point scale, 90 to 100 being an A. Okay? A lot of them will take out not that these makes these classes any less important, but a lot of them will take out art classes, theology classes, PE classes. Okay? So I hate to say this, but some classes that typically tend to boost a GPA, they will take those out. So it, I wish I could give you a canned answer in terms of how every college does it, but almost every college is different in how they do it. Okay? But students, I just don't want you to be shocked if you log on to your portal and you're like, well, wait, 
I have a 3.8, but this says I have a 3.6, okay? Don't be shocked, typically it goes down. But remember, if yours is going down, everybody else's is probably going down too, okay? So don't panic about that. So any questions on this? Okay. All right, last few, last few slides, hang with us. Okay, so number one, remember, colleges are trying to create a community of learners, okay? Um, you might be the most qualified student applying to a school, but guys, maybe they don't need what you're offering, right? Maybe that year they're looking, they need uh, some oboe players, they need somebody who can play field hockey, and you don't do either of those, okay? So you might be the most qualified person, but for their community of learners, those are the things they need that year, okay? So remember that. It's not, for them, they're trying to find the best students to create that community. Okay, if you're waitlisted or denied, remember, that does not mean you were not qualified. Going back to that quote from uh, the clip we watched with Frank Bruni, okay? So most of our students are qualified and could go to most of the colleges in the country and probably do really well, okay? But that doesn't mean it fits their, their, that community they're trying to form, okay? This is not a judgment against you as a person, okay? It's not your fault, so don't ask the question, what else could I have done? Okay, guys, I think that's, the, that's one of the hardest parts for us is when we, you know, well, what, what could I have done differently? What, you know, you second guess that. Don't do that because you don't know what went into that decision. Maybe it was simply, hey, this is what we needed and you, you didn't offer that, okay? That's not something, you, you didn't know how to play the oboe, right? Okay, so don't worry about that. It's easy for me to say that, but we'll try to help you along that way. Trust the process, okay? In, in over 20 years of doing this, this process has an amazing way of working it out. For parents who've heard me say this before, I apologize, but it really does. It, it really has an amazing way. You, students, you're gonna end up where you're supposed to be, okay? So, so trust that. It's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. So for those of you who have not seen a league of your own, or a league of their own, uh, you gotta definitely do it. It's Tom Hanks is the coach of the, the women's baseball team back in the, uh, around World War II. And at the end, his star player's quitting. And she said, it just got too hard. And that's his response is, it's supposed to be hard. If it were easy, everyone would do it, okay? Guys, you're at a tough place, okay? We expect a lot out of you. And that, I promise, that hard work and the things that you are establishing now, it's gonna pay off, okay? If it were easy, everyone would do it, but it's not, okay? So know that you guys are doing good stuff. Okay, so students, this is your to-do list. Heads up, eyes on the screen, looking at you in the back. Okay, so this is what you need to start doing as of tomorrow. You need to start completing your self-reflection you need to start working on your youth science. So youth science, you don't have to sit down and do it all at the same time either. I didn't say this earlier. You, so if you, but if you start a section, you have a certain amount of time to complete that section. It's usually like 30 minutes. Yeah. It'll nope. tell you. Nobody's ever complained about not being able to finish a section in the time given. No. So just know that that is something that you can't start and then come back to later. You have to do one section at a time. So. Those are two things that you need to start doing. Start registering for the SAT and ACT. If you need help creating your College Board accounts or your ACT accounts, please come down to our office and let us know. We can definitely help you. The first time you do it, it's gonna take forever because you have to have literally all your information, promise your firstborn child, whatever. But as soon as you do it once, you're good to go for the rest of the times. And then start thinking about your college list. I'm sure some of you already have an idea of what colleges you wanna apply to, but get in score. Start following those schools. Start looking at what you're wanting to do and start thinking about what list you want to build. And then start thinking about what teachers you want to ask. We'll say this again when we tell you to start rec, uh, when we do your rec letters, but just because you do good in a class does not mean it needs to be the teacher that you request your letter from. Sometimes the classes that you struggled in, but then you overcame and you worked really hard and you did the best you could, those sometimes are the teachers that will be the better rec letter for you because they saw you put the hard work in and do what you needed to do to get it done, okay? So think about that whenever you're thinking about your rec letters. Okay, last, <coughs> don't panic, take a deep breath, guys. 
Uh, prior planning prevents poor performance. The more you do early, easier life is later, okay? Throughout the spring, guys, we're gonna be checking in with you guys. Uh, so if you need anything, let us know, um, especially before we leave for summer break. Uh, take a deep breath and remember to enjoy the journey. This is supposed to be fun, okay? There's an, a level of stress that we'll never be able to take away from this. But at the end of the day, this is supposed to be a fun journey. You only get to go through this one time, okay? So en enjoy it. Um, and support each other too, right? You guys are all going through it together. Uh, and then come see us whenever you guys get stressed. Ms. Davis does a great job of making sure that we have candy for the most part. If, if they not don't right eat now. it all in one Martha day. Patterson is not happy that we don't have candy right now. She's she ate it all. Daily. Um, but we'll do our best to, to try to de-stress you a little bit, okay? So let us know if you're starting to feel anxious. And so we're at that point where your story's about to be written. So what, were you, what will your story be? Okay, so here's my other shameless plug. So we started this podcast last year. You probably heard me do the spiel if you were at the other college tonight, but we started this podcast last year whenever y'all couldn't come on campus and ask us questions. I know we had a lot of, you know, a lot of people asking the same question. And I was like, okay, how can we, besides sending out a mass email that everyone reads all the emails that we send out, I know what they do, um, but how is a way that we can communicate with you? So I was like, wouldn't it be fun if we listen to ourselves talk on a podcast? Because I listen to podcasts every day, all day. So we started this podcast called My College Story since, again, we talk about beginning your story, writing your story, telling your story through this process. So we use this as how to answer your questions. We talk about everything from what's the right activity, um, college decision season, we talk about standardized testing, rec letters, how to go on a college tour, the perfect interview, standardized testing again, because it's just that important. And this last one is the one I talked about earlier with Dalton Goodyear about now that I've applied, what happens next? And he goes through the steps of on their end, what it looks like, what we're looking for, what we do, and the steps process to get from you submitting us giving you a decision. So we have lots of others where we talk to some alum like Natalie Block and some other alum that came in during the summer. We do talk with teachers about their college stories and experiences. We're working on getting some more college reps to come on campus and talking to them about their schools, their experiences, and then other aspects of their colleges. Um, so we're about today, we're recording, that's why we're wearing these mics and you can't really hear so the mic because we're recording for tomorrow's episode. But um, we always are looking for ideas of what questions do you have that you want us to talk about. Do you want us to talk about financial aid? That's boring, but if you want us to talk about it, we'll talk about it, we'll make it fun. Mr. Model loves being fun about financial aid and stuff like that. Um, but if you have questions, please let us know. We wanna make sure we're covering and answering as many things as we can and putting it on the podcast for you as a resource, friends as a resource, students as a resource, whatever you want us to talk about, we'll do it. I'll make him do it. Right? I mean, she knows I don't love it. He, won't, he doesn't like to listen to himself talk, but it's fine. Um, so please use this as a resource. I hope you have already. If not, be sure to follow us on Instagram and always know when you have a new episode. <laughs> and we are on social media as well. Um, so if we have stuff, we put it posted on there. Right now, it's been a lot of uh, podcast stuff because we haven't gone and done anything yet. So. Um, I've one more thing. Um, so you guys missed out on sophomore night last year. This year we are inviting you guys to sophomore night. I know there are some parents who have experienced our night with the deans, um, but we wanna make sure that this group gets to uh, enjoy that night as well. It's honestly, it's our favorite night. Um, so it's January 12th, it's a Wednesday night. There are no sporting events that evening, okay? We will start actually a little earlier than normal, okay? So I'm just letting you know, we're gonna start at six o'clock this year to make sure that we have the full experience. And what we do is it's, it's a mock application activity where we will give you guys seven applications and we will have our admission officers from a variety of schools come in and walk you through the process of what it looks like to evaluate an application and then make a decision. Okay, so you're gonna have applications that you need to evaluate and then make a decision on. And it's a great kind of look behind the curtain as to what kind of conversations go on in those admission committee meetings. Okay, so um, 
Um, yeah, sometimes I don't understand either. But um, they do, the, the admission officers do a great job of, of really walking you guys through that. So January 12th, Wednesday night, we'll send out a reminder to let you know. Um, but we'll have, again, some food if you guys get out of practice. Um, but we'll start at 6 o'clock so that we can have that, that good experience. Sorry. Awesome. That's it. Um, so the last thing is, if you are not on Remind, this is the junior group. We don't know why you have to text Mr. Brian Mott, but that's the option it gave us. So if you're not on the Remind text, students, you should all be on the Remind text. Um, but if parents, if you want to get those as well, this is the link to that. And we're going to send this out tomorrow if you miss it. So we're so glad you came. We hope the rain. Oh, sorry, Mill. Here you go. Um, does anybody have any questions? Good question. So, guys, the question is, is there value to having a, an essay specific to the university to which you are applying? I would say it depends. Normally, we have the, the student write a generic, I hate to say generic essay, but an essay that can go to multiple colleges. Okay? So, the coalition and the, com the coalition application, the common application, most of their essay topics are similar. So, typically, you can write one main essay that can be sent to most colleges out there. There are supplemental questions, and a lot of times those supplemental questions will say, why us? That's your opportunity to really delve into why that specific university would be a good fit for you and why you might be a good fit for them. Good question. Anything else? Don't they look at legacy anymore? Good question. So legacy status. So it depends on the university as to whether or not they look at legacy. Some schools, most schools define legacy as parents, mom, dad, or grandparents, okay? There are still some schools that might delve out, out there into aunts, uncles, cousins, right? Things like that. But most schools, if they're defining legacy, mom, dad, grandma, grandpas, okay? Typically, private schools will look at that legacy status, okay? But when you start getting into the bigger state schools anymore, their alumni bases are so large that they do not consider it, okay? So using our two state flagship institutions, UT and A&M, unless your name is on a building somewhere or you know a board of regent, if everybody in your family graduated from that school, they're not going to care, okay? So it, it depends on the school, but yes, it still can, can be a factor. Good question. Anything else? Yes, sir. Letters. How far back can you go? Like sophomore, junior, like for your teachers? Like. Sure, great question. So with letters of rec, students, you guys want to concentrate on, on teachers from sophomore, junior year. Okay? If it's a teacher you had as a freshman but maybe still coaches you in something, that can be okay. But typically the colleges are wanting something a little bit more recent. Good question. Anything else? Okay, just before we leave, shout out to Nathan Hoffman. Thanks for being here and recording tonight. Appreciate you. Um, parents, we will be in touch. We will meet with your students individually after the first of the year. Then you guys will get a calendar invite from us to pick a date and a time to come in where we will meet with you and your students, okay? If you need us before then, though, please let us know. We're always around to help as, as much as we can. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Get out of here before the rain hits. All right, well, that was kickoff to college for our juniors. Again, as always, parents, if you ever have any questions, just reach out, email, text, drop by. Um, hope you enjoyed another episode of My College Story podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ASES College. And be sure to subscribe to our channel so you get notifications every Thursday of our episodes. That's another episode of the My College Story podcast.